Section 126 of Complete Original Short Stories of Guy de Maupassant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Columbus, Ohio. Section 126. The Effeminates. How often we hear people say, He is charming, that man, but he is a girl, a regular girl. They are alluding to the effeminates, the bane of our land. For we are all girl-like men in France, that is, fickle, fanciful, innocently treacherous, without consistency in our convictions or our will, violent and weak as women are. But the most irritating of girl-men is assuredly the Parisian and the Boulevardier, in whom the appearance of intelligence is more marked, and who combines in himself all the attractions and all the faults of those charming creatures in an exaggerated degree in virtue of his masculine temperament. Our chamber of deputies is full of girl-men. They form the greater number of the amiable opportunists whom one might call the charmers. These are they who control by soft words and deceitful promises, who know how to shake hands in such a manner as to win hearts, how to say, my dear friend, in a certain tactful way to people he knows the least, to change his mind without suspecting it, to be carried away by each new idea, to be sincere in their weathercock convictions, to let themselves be deceived as they deceive others, to forget the next morning what he affirmed the day before. The newspapers are full of these effeminate men. That is probably where one finds the most, but it is also where they are most needed. The Journal des Debats and the Gazette de France are exceptions. Assuredly, every good journalist must be somewhat effeminate, that is, at the command of the public, supple in following unconsciously the shades of public opinion, wavering and varying, skeptical and credulous, wicked and devout, a braggart and a true man, enthusiastic and ironical, and always convinced while believing in nothing. Foreigners, our anti-types, as Madame Abel called them, the stubborn English and the heavy Germans, regard us with a certain amazement mingled with contempt, and will continue to so regard us till the end of time. They consider us frivolous. It is not that, it is that we are girls, and that is why people love us in spite of our faults, why they come back to us despite that evil spoken of us. These are lovers' quarrels. The effeminate man, as one meets him in this world, is so charming that he captivates you after five minutes' chat. His smile seems made for you. One cannot believe that his voice does not assume specially tender intonations on their account. When he leaves you, it seems as if one had known him for twenty years. One is quite ready to lend him money if he asks for it. He has enchanted you, like a woman. If he commits any breach of manners towards you, you cannot bear any malice. He is so pleasant when you next meet him. If he asks your pardon, you long to ask pardon of him. Does he tell lies? You cannot believe it. Does he put you off indefinitely with promises that he does not keep? One lays as much store by his promises as though he had moved heaven and earth to render them a service. When he admires anything, he goes into such raptures that he convinces you. He once adored Victor Hugo, whom he now treats as a back number. He would have fought for Zola, whom he has abandoned for Barbet and de Orvilly. And when he admires, he permits no limitation. He would slap your face for a word. But when he becomes scornful, his contempt is unbounded and allows of no protest. In fact, he understands nothing. Listen to two girls talking. Then you are angry with Julia? I slapped her face. What had she done? She told Pauline that I had no money thirteen months out of twelve, and Pauline told Gontran, you understand. You were living together in the Rue Clonzel? We lived together four years in the Rue Breda. We quarreled about a pair of stockings that she said I had worn. It wasn't true. Silk stockings that she had bought at Mother Martin's. Then I gave her a pounding and she left me at once. I met her six months ago and she asked me to come and live with her, as she has rented a flat that is twice too large. One goes on one's way and hears no more. But on the following Sunday, as one is on the way to Saint-Germain, two young women get into the same railway carriage. One recognizes one of them at once. It is Julia's enemy. The other is Julia. And there are endearments, caresses, plans, 
say julia listen julia etc the girl man has friendships of this kind for three months he cannot bear to leave his old jack his dear jack there is no one but jack in the world he is the only one who has any intelligence any sense any talent he alone amounts to anything in paris one meets them everywhere together they dine together walk about in company and every evening walk home with each other back and forth without being able to part with one another three months later if jack is mentioned there is a drinker a sorry fellow a scoundrel for you i know him well you may be sure and he is not even honest and ill-bred etc etc three months later and they are living together but one morning one hears that they have fought a duel and then embraced each other amid tears on the dueling ground just now they are the dearest friends in the world furious with each other half the year abusing and loving each other by turns squeezing the other's hands till they almost crush his bones and ready to run each other through the body for a misunderstanding for the relations of these effeminate men are uncertain their temper is by fits and starts their delight unexpected their affection turn about face their enthusiasm subject to eclipse one day they love you the next day they will hardly look at you for they have in fact a girl's nature a girl's charm a girl's temperament and all their sentiments are like the affection of girls they treat their friends as women treat their pet dogs it is dear little tutu whom they hug feed with sugar allowed to sleep on the pillow but whom they would be just as likely to throw out of a window in the moment of impatience whom they turn round like a sling holding it by the tail squeeze in their arms till they almost strangle it and plunge without any reason into a pail of cold water then what a strange thing it is when one of these beings falls in love with a real girl he beats her she scratches him they execrate each other cannot bear the sight of each other and yet cannot part linked together by none knows but what mysterious psychic bonds she deceives him he knows it sobs and forgives her he despises and adores her without seeing that she would be justified in despising him they are both atrociously unhappy and yet cannot separate they cast invectives reproaches and abominable accusations at each other from morning till night and when they have reached the climax and are vibrating with rage and hatred they fall into each other's arms and kiss each other ardently the girl man is brave and a coward at the same time he has more than another the exalted sentiment of honor but is lacking in the sense of simple honesty and circumstances favoring him would defalcate and commit infamies which do not trouble his conscience for he obeys without questioning the oscillations of his ideas which are always impulsive to him it seems permissible and almost right to cheat a haberdasher he considers it honorable not to pay his debts unless they are gambling debts that is somewhat shady he dupes people whenever the laws of society admit of his doing so when he is short of money he borrows in all ways not always being scrupulous as to tricking the lenders but he would with sincere indignation run his sword through anyone who should suspect him of only lacking in politeness end of section 126 recording by tatiana chichilla columbus ohio